Hi everybody, I'm R. Chase Razbadowski, also known as Chase Raz on social media. And uh, I will be your host for this show, Multi New Media. And I cannot wait to get started today because this is our very first episode ever. As for me, a little bit of background. Uh, I'm a university instructor, a business consultant, and a corporate trainer. And um, I really just have a deep love for technology and content both personally and professionally. So it's really an honor to be your host here at Multi New Media. So our topic today is gonna to be virtual and augmented reality. And I'll be joined by uh, a guest in just a moment to discuss these topics. My guest today is gonna to be Mark Christ of Mustang Driver Magazine and mustangdriver.com. He and I will be talking about VR and AR. Again, that's virtual reality and augmented reality. But first, I really want to take a moment to open the show by introducing you to this thing called multi-new media and, and explain what it is. Not only to detail what it is to me as your host of this show, but also what I hope that multi-new media will mean for you. Because I hope that you're not just going to be uh, a listener, but also that you're, you'll be an enthusiast of technology and communications and that you're interested just like I am in how these technologies can come together to unite people around the idea of innovation. So we could sum up this concept of multi-new media in a, a few short words, things like technology, media, content, um, multimedia, new media, social media. We, we can keep adding these words, but really we'd get to the core of the question about multi-new media and the core of this introduction. And we'd ask, what does it all mean? What does it really amount to? in the long run and why does this show exist? Well, it all, all boils down to this, the love of technology and content. And technology can be any device, equipment, or mechanism, and, and content can be anything, audio, video, text, applications, games, software, whatever you want it to be, and not just in the digital, uh, digital world, but also in the physical world as well. Now on this show, we'll cover general interest topics surrounding new media and emerging technologies, of course, but we'll also strive to educate business and consumer listeners alike about, about the technological decisions that we have in life and what the impacts of these tech choices are on things like our productivity and our profitability for businesses. And for consumers, uh, what about our overall satisfaction and our happiness? And of course, is there a larger impact, a global impact, an environmental impact um, when relevant, right, uh, according to the technology? But also, there's this underlying idea that multimedia has that not only have all of the mediums sort of converged into one super medium, but rather that that's not a, a, a holistic view of what truly happened. Instead, we have this technological evolution putting us into a position where we have one underlying medium, and that's actually uh, absolutely true. But instead of this medium, and, and of course we're talking about the internet here and rather the future of the internet and what it's constantly evolving to become, instead of the internet taking over and replacing everything, this concept of, yes, we will still have print, yes, we will still have physical distribution, and, and really, yeah, we'll still have dedicated terrestrial broadcasts, things like radio and television. Um, in the long run, of course, the internet and, and whatever it becomes and all of the associated technologies are going to continue to absorb more and more bandwidth, more and more, um, not just radio frequencies, right? More and more on all of the technological spaces, whether it's hardware, whether it's bandwidth. But traditional mediums are not necessarily dead. 
And this is one of the visions that we have here of how do things like print and digital life and um, being not only a good netizen but also a good citizen of the planet, how do all of these things come together uh, really encapsulated by one key love that I think we all share and that is technology. Coming in the future, as, as I mentioned, I have a guest later today, uh, but in the future we'll have uh, additional guests who really want to focus on what people are doing out in the industry, some of the movers and shakers in both the technology and the content worlds. But also, in the long run, I'd like to give you a couple of co-hosts, um, and uh, you'll be hearing from a few people over the next couple of episodes that will be on with me to um, not only serve as guests, but, uh, but serve as co-hosts as well. And uh, so I look forward to introducing you to more people uh, over over the next couple of episodes. And beyond that, in addition to the weekly topic that we're going to cover, again, the goal here is to publish every single week. I think um, that's that's a challenging production schedule for a full show. You know, if we were just a podcast and sitting down and talking in a microphone and not editing and coming up with uh, resources and materials, that'd probably be fairly easy. But as a fully produced show, it's going to be difficult to do weekly, but um, hey, it's done in radio. It can be done here as well, I think. So so wish us luck on that. But we'll have our main key topic of each particular episode, but we'll run the episode in roughly three segments. So the main episode, or excuse me, the main topic of the episode will generally be the second segment. It'll be padded with some general interest. And, and I really want to cut away for a moment and introduce you to the concept of a digital correspondent that we're going to have. And um, this digital correspondent is going to introduce some of the topics that we already have planned. And uh, keep in mind, this is episode one. I'm fully aware that uh, this digital correspondent can be a little bit difficult to understand at times, and we are tweaking um, her voice and pronunciation to work with that. So uh, with no further ado, let me hand it over to the Multi-New Media Digital Correspondent to uh, detail some of the recurring segments that we already have planned for our first several episodes. 1. In a segment called Cutting Edge, we'll profile technologies, companies, inventions, or processes that are at the forefront of the science and technology fields. 2. The In the News segment will provide a recap of the technology and multimedia news from the past week, and provide insight on what type of news we expect to hear in the upcoming week. 3. In the Social Spotlight segment we'll feature a social media account, a business, or a product that is worth mention. The Social Spotlight is not meant to be an endorsement or advertisement, but rather an introduction to something noteworthy. As a further disclaimer, Multi-New Media will always identify paid content such as advertisements. 4. A Like Me Not segment filled with dumb people making the news because of their online antics, unworthy celebrities, and entire movements enabled by social media that shouldn't even exist. We'll highlight instances of these despicable entities and provide our take on them. And that's really, really great. So cutting edge, in the news, like me not, um, great, great content um, altogether. Plus, we'll have listener emails, listener feedback episodes as well, uh, and, and a couple of other segments, as I mentioned earlier, that are already in the works. And again, as always, we're constantly working to tweak our digital consultant and make her uh, or excuse me, our digital uh, correspondent, and make her uh, better and easier to understand. And I promise we really won't put much out there um, if if her mispronunciations are going to make you 
lost with the content or make it frustrating to listen. So um, we'll, we'll keep her to a minimum uh, for the time being. But let's, let's head towards a conclusion of this first segment, this Welcome to Multi New Media segment. And I, I want to let you know that Multi New Media is not just mine. It's also yours. Now, I can't claim an exclusive domain over technology. Um, no one can. No, no show, no production, no book, no person. Uh, we all love technology, and that's what brings us together, this combined interest. And it helps us move forward in uh, the way that I hope we move forward. And, and let me be clear about, under, uh, about outlining the vision. I want us to focus on our visions, on our goals for the future, on the products and technologies and services that we can not only bring to market, but use to improve our lives and the lives of the 7.5 billion people around us. So uh, how do we do that? Well, our first little step is to let you know that we welcome feedback in any way, form or fashion uh, at Multinew Media. So virtually every single um, show news article, blog post, whatever it may be, uh, virtually all of them have comments enabled at the bottom of them at multinewmedia.com, and please take advantage of that feature. Multinew Media is currently also on Facebook and Twitter, and we're coming soon to more of the social networks that you love in the near future, um, but Facebook and Twitter right now, we are also available via email. Just send us a message at uh, feedback at multinewmedia.com. Again, that's feedback at multinewmedia.com. We'll do our best to read, reply, and acknowledge all of the emails that we can. Um, hopefully none will fall through the cracks. I know it happens from time to time, but we're going to make it a priority to not let that happen. Uh, we're also looking forward to uh, developing uh, forums, chats, and maybe even live events in the future. So st uh, stay tuned, so to speak, on all the different ways that you can interact with us, uh, contact us, communicate with us, and all of these methods. You don't have to memorize them. Um, just just go to multinewmedia.com slash community. Again, all of these interaction points will be listed at multinewmedia.com slash community. So with all of that said, welcome to Multinew Media. Virtual reality and augmented reality are coming up right after the break, so stick around. We'll be back in 30 seconds. Chase Raz discussing virtual reality and augmented reality with guest Mark Christ of MustangDriver.com and Mustang Driver Magazine, a new print publication for the Ford Mustang enthusiast niche market. Yep, All right, welcome back for um, this section of the show. We're going to be talking about virtual reality and augmented reality. And joining me today is Mark Christ, editor of Mustang Driver Magazine. Mark, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me. Well, thank you for being here. Um, episode one. I feel special. Got it. So episode one, as we were talking about earlier, uh, or as I was talking about earlier, you weren't joining me for that. Hopefully you were able to hear it in the green room. Definitely. <laughs> I was so, paying attention. By the way, there's no green room. Uh, so uh, yeah, virtual reality and augmented reality. Uh, we were kind of joking around earlier a little bit about um, this being a, an area for explosive growth. 
we have uh, a couple of different devices out there or, or coming out right now. Let me just take a look at some of them uh, or talk about a few of them. We have Oculus Rift, right? Oculus, um, even though there's been a big stink about Oculus being sold to Facebook after being crowdfunded, uh, now Oculus is helping Samsung come up with a Samsung Gear. We have Microsoft, really the big entrant here recently, with HoloLens, which is more augmented reality. We have Sony, um, rumors of some Sony prototypes, and Google Glass, which is on hiatus right now. But how do we make sense of this, Mark? There's so much out there. What? Let's let's forget about the devices for a moment. Augmented reality and virtual reality is is this a thing we should even be watching? Oh, definitely. I think that uh, we're on the cusp of like this uh, new era in hardware and software. Um, I think that the you've seen in the past, you know, like um, we would say, oh, computers are going to take over the world. And everyone's like, oh, yeah, that's the future. We'll have flying cars then, too. And a computer uh, on every desktop. And, and yet, <laughs> not only do we have a computer on every desktop, but we have a computer in our pocket. We have one in our hands. Uh, one runs our car. Um, most people have them operating a lot of uh, things in their in their home as well. So, um, so now that's just like kind of a joke now that that um, that computers are going to take over. And um, and I think that just the way that happened, the emerging technologies are going to once they reach a certain level of capability. Uh, they're going to start taking over as well, just the way that uh, computers did. So, but the the goggle fashion, and let me let me explain something here. And I think um, uh, I, I think most everyone knows this already. But just let's look at the difference between virtual reality and augmented reality for a moment. So, in virtual reality, at least historical attempts, all the way back, um, I won't say all the way back to the Virtual Boy. Remember Nintendo Virtual Boy? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure, that's not the first attempt at, at virtual reality, but it's one of the first prominent attempts from our generation, and it was all red. Mm-hmm. Did you ever use one? No, I never did. I, I was mean, familiar I, with I it. I only though. used one at the electronics counter at Sears, oh, so okay. that tells you how old we are. Sears, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's all red, and, you're, you know, it's kind of hokey. Um, it, was, it was awesome for the time, but no one would want to use something like that for computing now. So you're immersed in this world. It's kind of like having uh, blinders on. It's being... Uh, putting this box in front of your eyes, and mm-hmm. and if you can think back, you know, imagine in the 1800s, someone walking around with uh, a shadow box fixed to their face, like, oh, I'm in a virtual world. Right. It's almost as as to me ridiculous as it seemed, mm-hmm. but there are um, increasingly valid uses for it. 3D modeling. How many people have 3D printers now? Oh yeah. Um, and they, that's a whole other topic. But uh, on the other side, we have augmented reality, and whether you use glasses or whether you just put a device up. Augmented reality uses uh, cameras and sensors and all these um, different wonderful things we have in our devices and overlays something that is not really there mm-hmm. onto the visual field or or prompts an audio cue at a specific GPS location or you know so on and so forth. So we have we do have a difference between these two: a virtual reality being um, insular in a way, and augmented reality being exactly what it sounds like of augmenting mm-hmm. your existing reality. Uh, do you see one of these as uh, a clear winner? No, I think that um, I think you'll see certain forms of media and certain styles take on one or the other. Like for instance, in the business that I'm in doing automotive 
uh, journalism and um, aug an augmented reality route would be more likely road for us to take because they're um, very mechanical things with cars and you know you can get engineering drawings and turn those into you know this virtual um, you know 3d field of view for you to explore and um, and so I think in that sense um, depending on what what you're doing it depends on which you'll which one you'll choose so bringing up the mechanics something like um, you know I know there's different types of software for this and different data programs but using all data or something like that mm -hmm. and just having it right there you're looking at the engine block and you're thinking all right how is this mm -hmm. particular um, engine you know what, what yeah. are the specifics and having all data right there and yeah. and, and the eyes uh, where we seem to see that most is, I think Microsoft with Hololens right now. They have um, in their, uh, you know, a lot of these devices aren't available yet. Right. Um, but we have demo videos and we have a couple of units out here and there. And with Hololens, they show uh, a person talking. Uh, I believe she's talking to her dad or something, and he's on his computer and you know jotting notes, and she's looking at the plumbing under the sink, and it's like, oh, I turn this thing that way, and. And, uh, and it just augments with arrows and directions and exactly. he's, he's talking her through it. Um, so that that seems to be, in your mind, um, the the first shot for good uh, for quick adoption? Absolutely, because you can just, you can take, <clears throat> I mean, it, it really depends on the capability of the software to recognize, you know, an, an object or for you to be able to input um, a photo or video of an object and for for the software to put the two things together so in other words you need to be able to say like in a perfect world for me and this may be the future in, in my business is to go outside and look through your whatever Google Glass or whatever type of goggle device that you have and look at your car and through that device and the engineering drawings and other information that you can access through the web, see a 3D version of a certain part or of the whole car. You see what I mean? So you can understand, you can just look look at something and understand how it works. Can I do something slightly different with that? You know what I mean? Can, can I walk out and look at my, I like my car. I really do. Yeah. Uh, I, I purpose um, purposefully purchased my car. Mm -hmm. um, but can I walk out into my driveway? And, and we know technologically the answer is yes, but should I? Should we live in a world where I walk out in my driveway and I have one of these sets on and I don't see my car? I see some expensive luxury car. Yeah. Right? I mean, why not? That, but that leads to this question of, and, and I know I'm being uh, sort of strange with that question, but it leads to this point of will this separate us from actual reality? Even though we're augmenting. Right. Yeah. Oh, now I think I drive a Lamborghini or I think I drive a Porsche. Well, I don't. Right. right. But I can see that in my driveway if I yeah. choose to. People think they're famous because they get 150 likes on Facebook and they're not. You know, people think that, <laughs> you know, you're, Facebook is probably the closest thing to that right now um, is because people post things or events or, uh, uh, you know, an image of a plate of food or something they you know it's like it because perception is reality i guess is where i'm going right. with that so if they perceive themselves as being well liked then they are well liked and if you perceive yourself as driving a rolls royce then what's the difference i, I think we'll have um you know 
uh, Tony Robbins and those types coming out and saying, oh, hey, this is how you get there. You imagine it. You yeah. envision it in your mind's eye. I mean, isn't that what we've been doing? And you put augmented reality Since the beginning of time on. anyway. I, mean. I, know, I mean, it sounds like I'm so <laughs> negative against these. I can't wait to get right. a pair of, of one of these types of devices. I mean, um, especially this, Sony has a prototype out and um, Microsoft's prototype, uh, they seem to be this hybrid between the two where it's, okay, I want augmented reality at one moment and then the next moment it's, oh, let me dim out the, the lenses and I want... I want virtual reality. I want to be immersed in this world. Yeah. Um, uh, we have to go to the big question here. Uh, is gaming the killer application for this technology uh, or, or not? Because we haven't mentioned gaming yet, and uh, I'm not that much of a gamer. I, uh, I probably game more than I admit, but uh, I'm, I'm not that much of a gamer. What about you? And, um, I'm not really a gamer, and um, I mean, I've dabbled, but, and I mean, I have a Wii and a on Xbox 360, I haven't updated my Xbox yet, but um, I do like to game from time to time, but I don't consider myself a gamer, uh, so I'm not really immersed in that world, but um, I don't think that it's going to take gaming, I mean, there may be some things that we take away from gaming and use for this virtual world, um, but I don't think that it's going to rely on gaming to, to happen. I think that it's just because because the technology is emerging, these companies will continue to pump dollars and, and um, man hours in developing it. So it's just I think it's just going to take on a life of its own. Gaming may then follow suit, but I don't think that gaming is going to be the, um, the spearhead in that industry. And I kind of, you know, when you mentioned this, it reminded me of that. You remember the Aerosmith video? Um, oh, there were like this series and it was crazy crying and, oh, uh, and remember the dude yeah. was wearing the, he was in this virtual reality where I he had the glove and he's on the motorcycle. I don't remember quite that. remember, but I, I, Alicia I Silverstone vaguely... was in there. Whoever's listening is like, no, say it, you know, I, they know I, what it is, but I can't remember which one. I know it wasn't crazy because crazy was the one where they had the Mustang convertible so if you know what we're talking about because i have a vague memory but if you happen to know and the guy on the us, tractor just let us know in the in the comments below. yeah just, just tell us what, what idiots we are for not tell, remembering tell us we're idiots and we don't remember good music but um or just bash our choice uh, of music or whatever i think it was crying was it crying so they were in a virtual reality world i mean oh yeah he was in a virtual reality world and um yeah he had on the goggles and the glove and he's you know and Alicia Silverstone oh, was, was riding, like riding on. Oh, you can stop there, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, continue. No That's a joke. <laughs> Alicia Silverstone was riding on the motorcycle with him, and he was just in uh, this immersed so a, in this. He had a glove on, like power glove. Yeah, like power glove. Yeah. Um, you know, that's a good, I, I hadn't thought about that before with, with virtual reality now, and I'm going to say virtual and augmented, just use them interchangeably at the moment because we see, uh, as we we're talking about the hybrid devices between the two. So VR, AR, whatever, same, let's, let's treat them almost as the same. Um, even though they're not, I get yeah, it. Don't, yeah. don't yell at me in the comments about that. So these devices, uh, well, let me put it this way. Are we going to end up wearing a power glove around? Are we going to have to? I mean, we don't have to anymore. A lot of these devices that are out now, they're eye-based. They Some of them can even sense your hands and know where they're at, and you can make gestures and, and whatnot. But, I mean, is the idea of a power glove type thing, uh, will it come back with this? Like, think about for 3D modeling of I want a sphere. I don't want to have to draw out a sphere every time I need it. I want to say... 
uh, here's a pre-programmed sphere. Every time I push this button on my arm, uh, yeah. I want that thing. Or will I just have a gesture for that? Yeah, I think that I don't think there'll be you asked if there was going to be a glove. I don't think there will be a glove per se. I think that because as technology increases, we're going to have smaller and smaller devices. So maybe, you know, your dominant hand has, um, you know, these little stick on dots on each finger, you know, and then maybe one somewhere on your torso that can use that as a relation. Well, I mean, we can, can do finger can do tracking right? from there. I mean, even that. We yeah, you, I guess you we can do, need the dots. You can do finger tracking, but you need something to to vi to see that, you know. I mean, this episode, we're all back on Microsoft. They have Connect. They have this Hololens thing. It's kind of like I, I think they're. Yep. You know, Apple um, has been the recently the downfall of Microsoft. Not the downfall, right? We had eleven years where Microsoft was just sitting stagnant, and for a while under uh, uh, under Balmer. Microsoft took this devices and services strategy and mm -hmm. they wanted to they wanted to be like Apple right? we want these cool devices we want this that and the yeah. other and it's funny now that Satya Nadella is the CEO and he says no 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 okay <laughs> yeah devices yeah. and services that's great but we're not trying to be like Apple we're, right. we're a software company uh, at our core it's, it's funny that when he steps up and sees this HoloLens thing which again substitute that for Oculus Rift substitute right. that for whatever he, as a CEO in the tech world, sees this and says, okay, if you're thinking about games and games alone, you're selling this too short. And now it looks like mm -hmm. they may be uniquely positioned that 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 sleek, uh, I hate calling technology sexy, but that sleek, yeah. sexy product they were looking right. for, even though it's kind of funny to wear a headset, it, is this going to be the sleek, sexy product of the next decade, whether it's Google Glass or HoloLens or Oculus Rift? Well, the thing about sexy is... Uh, most of the time when you create something to be sexy it usually is only sexy for a very short period of time so things that are classically sexy which i think minimalistic items um, coke bottle coke bottle simply yeah. sexy timeless um certain pieces of furniture are that way but all of these things are modeled after women's that bodies, right yeah basically yeah the wo a woman's body is the is the sexiest timeless um, object, but and in you know, marketing, you can appeal to men or women that way. Absolutely, even straight women absolutely. respond to the shape. Absolutely. So, um, but yeah, I don't. Um, I mean, I guess I, f I forgot what your question was, but got off track there. But um, well, it was just a you were kind of making a point about the technology yeah. being sexy. Yeah, yeah. I, I just don't think that if, if something. I mean, it's like um, things, and and by sexy, I don't mean sec just sexy. I mean appealing and in, in a. Right. A broad, a broad way. I think but, that's my objection to calling this this um, or any technology sexy. And this was something I was thinking about earlier: is the you know the Bluetooth um, earpiece, you know, to talk on your phone. It's like that. Cue the audience mean, laughing at the car next to them. You know, they're yeah. listening while they're driving right now, and they're looking over on the interstate. They see someone with this Bluetooth piece, and then they're laughing hysterically because yeah. uh, welcome to ten years ago. Right. I mean, um, when I travel to California, there's still a lot of people that use those, and and other places too, but. Um, it's kind of just gone away overall. And everyone, when that came out, everyone was like, oh, this is the the future of the telephone, you know? it's like, I can get rid of my phone soon. And yeah, just and just carry this push thing this around one button. In, in my ear. But um, what we found is because of smartphones being able to do so many things, um, that having only one button, you know, it, feel, it, it makes you feel strapped. So... Um, but anyway, I think that's a, just a good idea of 
you know these sexy air quotes sexy devices um just being around for a very short period of time or or you know maybe just not being functional maybe this is where they chose form over function and 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 i'm not saying that was the case with the earpieces because they were very functional and still are for a a lot of people but but with augmented and virtual reality i think you have to be functional right you're not going to get that's it you're not going to get aesthetic appeal absolutely until it's just another pair of sunglasses right like the technology has to be so far advanced i mean look at you know we're talking about desktop computers look look how long it took for a desktop computer to be you know good looking you know right. i mean I, I mean probably the first one would be the original iMac yeah that bubbly colorful yeah, clear the, um yeah. i always thought that thing looked quite ugly but uh, well i mean <laughs> but i'm with you on that um that was probably the first one and and it, it was the first to really stand out as visually a, a, appealing mm-hmm. in some way um you know, I think everybody has a different moment of when they looked at a device and they said, you know, this is my device. I'm comfortable with it. Mm-hmm. And again, some some people who like to, to focus only on aesthetics may call technology sexy. But, but I am talking about the visual aesthetic of it. Um, I remember uh, in the late 90s, something called a Palm Top mm-hmm. PC. It was basically a clamshell-like uh, smartphone, but yeah. it was bigger. And I remember looking at those and thinking, well, this isn't feasible, but this concept is the future. Yeah, definitely. And, and there we are with obvious. phones. Yeah. But we're going to look back at phones and say, well, this looks so antiquated. And one day we'll look at these these AR and VR headsets. And it, listen, if they don't pan out in the market, that will be sooner than later. But at some point, whether they pan out or not, we're going to look back and say, wow, how, how antiquated is that? How mm-hmm. silly it is that, that that was cutting edge for our time. Mm-hmm. But we've been dealing with that issue really ever since... Uh, we can go back from I, I, listen I don't want to get philosophical on it but we can go back from the transition from feudal society to capitalist society and mm-hmm. how that spurred innovation I mean it's just been um, one step after another so uh, how long do you think VR and AR will stick around is this a part of our future is this a trend in computing is this an emerging technology which has a, a particular shelf life and then it's done or is this VR and AR in some degree, just like computing, will always be with us. Mm-hmm. Um, will this stick around? I think this is the future and this is going to stick around. Uh, I just don't see, once the technology allows us to immerse ourselves into these worlds, uh, I, I can't imagine us going away from them. It's it's like uh, in the world I'm in publishing and, you know, there was print and now there's digital um once did i mean you know it's like saying is well is digital gonna what's what's after digital is digital going away like there's i mean what's after what can you do you can't answer you that can't, right now. yeah right like we can't even <sighs> if there is something beyond digital um what is it we can't even imagine it right now so um but to to say that it's going to stay forever. No, I mean, nothing is forever, but I think it's going to be a long lasting um, part of everyone's world at some point. All right. And so we're, we're about to take a break. And uh, if, if you would, Mark, if you'd stick around for our next segment, I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about that concept of what you're just mentioning, you know, digital after, after print and what's coming mm-hmm. after digital. I'd like to talk to you a little bit more about that. But first, before we take the break, uh, audience, if you would, if you're listening to this and you have uh, something you want to weigh in 
uh, on, or if you have any comments, put them in the comments um, attached to this episode. Send us an email. Uh, our All of our contact information is at our site, multinewmedia.com. And uh, let us know what you're thinking about this. We'll be right back after the break. social spotlight on Mustang Driver Magazine. Mark Christ returns to discuss the new Mustang Driver Magazine and MustangDriver.com. So welcome back for this week's uh, last segment. I'd like to do a social spotlight and uh, we're back with Mark Christ, editor of Mustang Driver Magazine. And for this um, for this topic, um, I'd really like to focus a little bit on you and your magazine and, and your business and, and what's going on. So let me just start with um, a question for you. Um, you've recently launched Mustang Driver Magazine. Yes. That's obviously not a question. That's a preface to the question. Uh, a magazine, right? Can you confirm that? that? A magazine, it right? Is, it is a print magazine, yes. So let me, let me state the trend is digital, and now I'll put the question in. Why a magazine? Well, there are multiple reasons. Um, for one print magazines are still doing well, especially print magazines in the automotive world, which is where I am. Um, I've been in the business since 2009. I work for a large publishing company and um, that's where I learned the business. And uh, I've been in the automotive industry for uh, well, since 2005, so 10 years now. And, um, and it's just something that I know, so I know I can do well, and um, when it comes to providing a product or service, that's number one. You have to be able to provide a good quality product. So um, that's the main reason, and um, also because um, the connections I have in the industry, as well as uh, the connections that my partners have in the industry, and um, all my partners are older and have been in the, in the business for a long time, and um, so they're like well the, respected. They're old men or older than you. Uh, there's a significant age gap between me, like oh, a so 20 year age oh, okay. difference so, between me and the next oldest. So maybe a few are older and a few are older than you. Yeah, there are, yeah, fewer are fewer older and, <laughs> and the rest are older do, than me. Do you so. want me to edit that out or something? No, or? it's fine. No, I mean, I just, I don't want to like, I don't want to just like so, tell everyone's age. Ages, <laughs> right, right. They're, they're, I'm they're, 32, so. Okay, so you'll tell you. They're all at least. 20 years older than me. So. Oh, well, they're not older. They're just older than you. Okay. Well, only a couple of them are only 20 years older. Than oh, me. well, that makes sense. <laughs> a couple so that, of them are so, older. So. so on the Why a Magazine topic. Just they'll be laughing when they hear this. Is it is it qu the quality issue? Is So you mentioned quality uh, at least once in, the, in that uh, conversation. Is it quality? Is there something um, uh, qualitative? So yeah. There's a different meaning of the word than normal. Yeah. Is there a qualitative factor to a print magazine? What are you doing? I mean, what are you doing basically? Are you just creating a tabloid and putting it out there? How is that quality? Well, the the, the main, when it comes to a magazine, the, the main um, piece 
that has to be quality is the content. Content is king, you hear. So you have to make sure that you have good quality content, which we have. Um, because magazine publishing companies, uh, the magazine publishing industry as a whole, has been declining, um, larger companies, instead of making some changes to, um, to their products or changing their product lineup or, or whatever would, would have been a good um, move for them, instead of doing that, they've just cut costs which has degraded. Yeah, not to interrupt you, but I'm looking. Quality uh, I'm of looking content. at your magazines. I have two of them in front of me right here. Um, I think these are the first two issues, mm -hmm. right? Yes. First two. Well, are we, we moving on to number three? Number three okay. was just shipped to the printer on Monday. Okay, so. so yeah, I'm looking at the first two issues, and there's nothing. I was making a joke earlier about you know how I was printing another tabloid-like magazine. This is nothing like a tabloid-like magazine. This is quality. Um, now I know the content inside. I've skimmed through them. I've looked at them. And I know you're mentioning that quality is the reason for a magazine, but I almost feel there there has to be some type of backstory about the quality of this, the, the physical product of this magazine as well. Right. Well, you beat me to it. That was my number two. Number one is quality of content, and number two is physical quality of the product. So um, if you've been to the newsstand or you've picked up a magazine in the doctor's office or off of a coffee table somewhere, you've noticed that magazines are shrinking in size. One reason is because they're losing ad dollars. Another reason is because they've lowered their paper quality and also lowered ink quality and, and uh, the quality of the binding, you know, maybe from some have gone from perfect bound to just a, you know, like a stapled, almost like a pamphlet type right, magazine, the, even, even big, like big a, names. Like a cheap mail catalog. Yeah, yeah, like a cheap mail catalog and you flip through the pages and the ink comes off in your, on your fingers and We've stayed away from all of that. We, we've done, um, and we decided this from the beginning before we even launched. Um, we wanted a high quality paper, thick paper. It's 60 pound paper, um, high quality ink, and of course high quality cover, which is, our cover is 100 pound stock. So it's really thick. It feels really. That's, that's not too common anymore, is it? No, no, it's not. It's actually. Is it becoming, uh, as we see a niche focus in, in mark, uh, uh, magazine marketing, is it becoming more common? Are those the types of things you have to do um, in order to, I mean, you if you have great content inside, mm -hmm. is that the type of stuff you have to do in order to get appeal or is it just, or is it really in line with the philosophy of quality all the way around, 360 degree quality? Well, I think quality all the way around is, is the way. I mean, if you look at any successful company that produces a product you know it's going to be well, tell us about that tell us about um you know not the specific companies but tell us about the magazine industry the companies that are producing these products what does a magazine a magazine industry look like these days uh well like i mentioned before um magazine quality overall is going down size is going down um the quality of the content has been going down and a lot of these magazine uh, publishing companies are trying to scramble to find a way to survive and transition into digital. But the problem is a lot of companies and, and forums, websites have, have already slipped in there and become the go-to for those people that go online to get their content. So it's kind of, um, it's a it's a situation where some companies are doing a good job at making the transition and others others are not. But um, I think that the, the main point to make about that is that 
if you look at the quality, both the content and the, the magazine itself, you can tell and consumers know that that company and that magazine has sacrificed the quality. And as a consumer, you know, if you picked up a Coca-Cola and you opened it and it doesn't taste the same, it's like, oh, you know. Right. You don't mind if, if a bottle of water has that really thin plastic to save environmentally. Yeah. But when you buy a Coca-Cola, you're like, you know, damn it, I'll recycle the bottle. Give me a good solid Give me a bottle. good solid bottle that's like we talked about before, sexy and, and the and you you know you take the swig of the soda and it has that bite and it's sweet and you know I mean that Coca-Cola hasn't changed the quality of their product um, well you know new Coke yeah, was new Coke yeah right but <laughs> you know um, but the the bottom line is the consumer knows when you're cutting corners and they respond by not buying the product anymore yeah so uh, what what I'd like to do now is transition a little bit more to the actual product because um, you know when you uh, when you agreed to come on and uh, we mm-hmm. talked we've told you uh, our name is multi new media it was like hi we're strangers not really just full disclosure I've known Mark for a good number of years um, but when we were talking about this uh, the name of, of our show multi new media um, you're not necessarily new media but magazines more and more are becoming a new media form as all those transitions happen mm-hmm. but but let me ask why Mustang driver that's the title of the magazine um, why Mustang Driver? Is this you mentioned your experience? You mentioned niche targets doing specifically well in magazines. Um, why? Well, uh, I've always been a, a Mustang enthusiast. Uh, I grew up in a family of Ford Motor Company drivers. My dad had an F one fifty, and my mom always had a Mustang or a Thunderbird. Um, and so I'm just a Ford guy. And um, when I entered the the magazine publishing world. Um, I got a job as an associate editor of a Mustang specific magazine and I've just been doing that um, since then since 2009 and um, that's the same same goes for my my partners we've all been involved in the Mustang industry and um, and the performance part of the automotive industry as well and uh, having all of those contacts is very beneficial to um, getting into uh, a business like this because um, the thing with a magazine, especially if you're providing news and um, technical advice and things like that, um, you have to have what's the word I'm looking for? You have to have credibility. So that's what we have because um, of our experience in the industry. So we're using this print. Uh, magazine to launch our brand uh, even though we say we're a magazine yes but we're also a brand and we're trying to brand ourselves and part of that is gaining the credibility that you need to uh, branch out into other forms of, of media credibility is um, hard to come by these days I want to focus on something I'm you mentioned the the experience you've you grew up in a Ford household you uh, you have a, a passion for Mustang vehicles and I think that's one of the big things I want to get across with um, this particular show and any show that I'm working on is people have to follow their passion and do what they love absolutely if that means uh, and things will kind of work themselves out after that 
if that means you love uh, gardening and growing stuff, yep. then maybe you should go into agriculture, and, and that way we all can eat. Right. And if you like um, technology, then you know do do what mm-hmm. I'm doing. And if, exactly. If you like vehicles, do what you're doing. And yep. so that's that's really good that you're following that mm-hmm. because that is is so uh, important to do. And um, when when you have an audience and they're interested in what you're interested in. And they want to take that side of maybe they're not an expert in the field, but they really want to learn. And so they're reading your magazine. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you engage with them? Is it is it just the magazine? Is there digital content also? Um, I mean, like I said, we've gone back quite a few years, and I'm really inspired by what you're doing with this magazine. And I don't know, um, for people out there listening, I really don't know a lot about the inner workings of, of how your project is. I've just kind of been observing at a distance and wanted to have you on to talk about it. But um, it, it does seem unique. The, your your audience is engaging with you. They're they're participating. But is there a digital component, or is the new form of a magazine right? The new style of uh, doing a magazine is that enough of new media, or are you augmenting with digital content? Well, for, like I said, we're we're using the print magazine right now to launch because it's what we know and and we know well. Um, we are working on a digital version of the magazine. We're actually getting ready to, to launch it next month. And that's going to be an option for our print subscribers. Uh, and it'll also be an option for people that don't want to read the print magazine. They just want the digital version to read on their, uh, their desktop or their tablet or their phone. Uh, so, but, but it's not going to be just like a flip book PDF style reader it's going to be an interactive what we like to call an interactive online experience which is just a fancy way of saying you can go into the I like digital acronyms but it's too hard to say IOE yeah it's not it's too many yeah too many yeah, there but it, no i like it interactive online experience yeah so we're calling it that because it sounds fancy but but that's actually what it is and what you'll do is you, um so like you'll go to our website for instance mustangdriver.com shameless plug and you'll go to a page where you it prompts you to log in. You'll log in your username and password, and then it'll take you into um, the archive of all of our magazines. Uh, at this point, there are only three, but um, as time goes on, we'll have uh, a large archive of people that people can, can go through, and it'll be searchable for a topic, and you can just look through all the, if you're logged in, you'll have access um, to those, but um, well, now when are you all doing that? We you said you're starting magazine only. I mean, what's the what's the priority of digital content essentially? It's our next. I mean, we we're rolling with the print magazine and our if next you had step is to come up right? with. You're you're a print magazine, so yeah. print print is first. Print Print's has first. to be the medium of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, if we said digital print is the leg- legitimizer. Okay, that makes sense. You know. That makes sense. So, but between digital, digitizing the content mm-hmm. and making it interactive, versus engaging with the audience, maybe a social media experience. Right. Mm-hmm. If we're talking about these two different new media forms, which uh, which one would you prioritize first um, while you're still building the audience? I mean, do you gravitate away from social media temporarily while that audience is building and you're directly engaging with them? Because um, right now yeah. you're directly engaging with them, from what I understand of how yes. you're how you're selling the magazine. Yeah. So do you move away from social media into digitizing? Is that really where the second priority is? And, and if so, when do you come back and say, 
we don't want to lose touch with the people that we've connected with. Now we're mm-hmm. going to use a little bit of social media and we're going to do um, reach out, whether it's digital social media mm-hmm. or physical. Where, where does that come in? Well, I wouldn't say that we're disconnecting from social media um, for two reasons. One, we're, we are active on social media, but the other reason is we're not really that active in social media. Um, we just have a Facebook page right now and we're using it to you know create buzz and to get our it's part of our branding um and and at some point it will draw people into um our other content um, as far as the website or or our youtube channel which is in the works as well um instagram is really big right now in the automotive world and so we're going to get into instagram and um but for now we aren't Focusing to answer your question, no, we're not focusing on social media. Um, a lot of people think companies think that they need to, like it's like a must do. But we're so busy creating content for um, our print magazine and digital that um, we just don't have the the time to devote to that right now, or the money to hire someone to devote time to that. So. Um, that's coming, but we are focusing, our, our main focus right now is creating this digital digital uh, interactive online experience, if you will. And to, to expand on that a little bit, if I'm not stepping out here, the, the, the digital magazine, the interactive online experience will be searchable. So you can search for a certain thing in that issue or throughout all the issues in the archive. And also, as you flip through pages, there will be opportunities for you, and they flash as you flip through. There will be opportunities for you to click on an ad to take you to that company's website, or an icon to take you to a YouTube video of, say like we have an install of a new product um, for, for the new Mustang, like a, a cold air intake, for instance, which um, it's a pretty simple install, but if you're new to the automotive world and you want to learn how to install that on your own, um, maybe flipping through the magazine and seeing a step-by-step may not give you enough information. So we'll have an icon there where you can click and go to, it'll link you immediately to a YouTube video of the install. So we'll have both for you to... You're making me want that uh, virtual reality or augmented reality headset we were talking about earlier in the previous segment. And I think that's the ultimate... Uh, now I can, you know, if, if let's say a technology like that exists, I can not only watch what you're doing and mm-hmm. so maybe you have an editorial or maybe you have an how to, a how-to article or you have a write-up on something, I can actually join you yes. somewhere with that. Right. Um, so on that on that note, it makes, me, it makes me question this. Magazines themselves, as I mentioned, and, and a lot of people would probably disagree with me in the industry, but they are a form of new media in a way because they've been reimagined. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's what I think. Yes, um, totally. I'm glad you agree with that. So totally. my, then my question becomes, and I'll preface it like I always do a question, it's never enough to rest on your laurel. So if you and other innovative people in the, the magazine space have reimagined what a magazine can be and made it uh, mm-hmm. a new form of media again and, yeah. and kept the relevance up, you can't just rest on that. So uh, right. one of the last questions I want to ask you is what's the future of magazines? I know we're still early in this re revisioning, mm-hmm. uh, re envisioning rather, but w- what's the future of magazines? Well, uh, obviously, digital versions of the magazines. If you look at charts, I don't have a specific um, 
statistics, but if you look at revenue, magazine revenue, um, since, you know, say for the past 10 years, every year print revenue goes down and digital revenue goes up. It's like right. there's it's very obvious where the money is but, going. And you and feel comfortable bucking that trend though and saying, but but we're going to go with a physical product. Oh, we're, we're going to continue. And that, that's something that I want to make sure go, comes across clear is we're going to continue to produce a print magazine until the consumer no longer wants a print magazine. A lot of people are, I mean, we're building our company on print magazines. And Do people want the print magazine? People want the print magazine, especially when you make it a high quality piece and, and touching, and I think that's the biggest thing with the future of magazines. It depends on your magazine. It depends on how much effort you're putting into it. It depends on how much, how good your content is. It depends on how much money you're spending on quality of printing. You know, a lot of magazines, newsstands are shrinking. Uh, just look at um, CVS and Walgreens and um, even Books A Million and, and Barnes and & Noble. And you they know, tend to be the tabloids I was picking on earlier. Yeah. The the celebrity stuff. Yeah. And like reality TV. And it's reality, right. But, um, but if you look at the magazine newsstand, it continues to get smaller and smaller. So... Um, these retail stores, they want to put things on their shelf that are going to sell, especially when it has a shelf life. It's a perishable thing. A magazine right. is going to expire very soon. You need to sell it right now. So um, the, the retail store wants to put a product on the shelf that's going to sell. So if you make a high quality product that has great content, you're going to get a better spot on the newsstand. You're going to sell more copies you're going to get more subscribers that way. So, um, which actually happened with us, I'm proud to say, like a, a general across the board uh, statistic for, um, this is like a, this is a general, I'm not quoting a specific statistic, but um, the general sell-through, which is what we say in the industry, sell-through is your percentage of magazines that you put on the shelf how many of those sell so say you put a hundred thousand on uh, on the shelf and yeah, you sell like 20 conversion rates on the web and you sell yeah. 20,000 copies that's mm -hmm. your sell through percentage 20 okay. percent which is actually the industry average right now 20 percent 20 percent so of of the magazines you put on the shelf now you have to pay to print all those and then of course pay to dispose that's, of all of them as well. That that goes um, uh, that's kinda hurt that hurts with uh climate hurts, change and which, the paper industry. Which then you can understand why companies, magazine publishing companies are spending less money on that's mind boggling. They're spending less money on creating good content and they're spending less money on printing it. So um, what we found with our first issue, which we're bi monthly publication, so that is an advantage being on the newsstand twice as long. Um, our first issue, we had an exclusive with um, with Barnes and Noble, and um, and Borders, I think, but mainly mainly Barnes and Noble. But um, we sold through fifty eight percent. Wow. The first the first issue. Now that could be a combination of things like this is a brand new product people have never seen before. Um, but we think that it has a lot to do with the quality of the paper, the quality of the ink, the quality of the content. And, um, and so, you know, we're working on, we're nearing the end of our second cycle, our second issue. So 
Um, You'll see what the we'll see if the trend you know maybe the trend goes up maybe it goes down we'll we'll take it from there and we're not putting our draw which is the number of magazines the number of copies we put on the shelf our draw is really low right now so um, so it's easier to sell a greater percentage but uh, we don't want to throw a bunch of our budget at that um, right now so we're just gonna kind of take that slow print then digital. Right, and of Check print, our main, the main chunk, 75% of that is subscriber. Well, Mark, thank you for joining me today. What I want to do uh, at the very last, and, and I'll come back for uh, those of you listening, I'll come back and uh, conclude the show in just a moment, but I want, to, I want to ask you one more question, Mark, and then give the floor to you um, just to do what you do and, and want to give you the opportunity to promote your magazine. Mm-hmm. How do I get this magazine? Well, the best way to get Mustang Driver Magazine is to just go to mustangdriver.com. You can check out our homepage there and um, get a little idea of, of what we're all about. And then you just click on subscribe and it'll take you to our store. If you subscribe, you get a, um, a free t-shirt. So that's cool. You know, um, we'll mail it to you with, uh, with your first, first issue. And um, right now we're running a special, it's like $25 for a year. Wow. Six issues so and including the magazine, t-shirt. For those of you, I mean, you can't see what we're, what we're looking at, but this is a high quality magazine, $25 mm-hmm. a year. That's, I, I've had horrible magazines that are more than that, right? right. I won't name yeah. names of other magazines, but right. I've had horrible magazines that are that way. So $25 mm-hmm. a year. Right. Um, do I will I eventually get digital content with that subscription or is it a separate subscription? We're working on uh, creating a, a price point for okay. a digital only or a print only and then a digital and print. Um, obviously, we're going to give people that choose both a break. Yeah, I have a feeling people will want both. Right? A lot of people, There's yeah, tangibility people are going to want both and, and, like. and because it is going to be an archive type uh, setup, then people will like that because just because um, people like to save all if you're really into a topic you like to save all your past issues well you won't have to do that you can if you'd like to but you won't have to do that because it'll all be as long as you're as long as you continue to subscribe you'll have access to to the um, all the back issues so and that digital's coming soon digital's coming really soon all right any, anything else you'd like uh, maybe to promote or just any thoughts on your mind that you'd like to get out there or uh, or are we at a wrap um, I, I think that's it. I, I think we touched on everything. All right. Well, again, thank you, Mark, for joining us. And um, uh, just want to say, if you're interested, go to mustangdriver.com, grab a copy of this magazine, get a year subscription or whatever you're looking at, and a uh, uh, great quality magazine. That I, I've known you for quite some time. Um, glad to get to know about this product that you've been working on over the past couple of months as well. Really high quality content inside. Again, knowing you, I've, you, you've been an excellent writer for as long as I've known you. And um, uh, I, I am impressed. And I think um, products like yours and businesses like yours really reimagining a traditional media and making it something brand new again. Thanks for having me, Chase. Appreciate it.
And sadly, that's all the time we have for now. If you liked our guests this week, remember to visit them at mustangdriver.com. But also be sure to stay connected with us. So head on over to multinewmedia.com where we post all of the latest shows, news updates, articles, blog posts, and everything else for you in one easy location. Click on the community tab to connect with Multinewmedia via Facebook or Twitter or send your emails to feedback at multinewmedia.com. We can't wait to hear from you. Ladies and gentlemen, that's all. Have a great week.